you are 100% responsible for the situation you are in right now. And the good news is, is that if you're responsible for creating it, then you can uncreate it and you can create whatever else you want. And that for me was like a switch where I was like, I'm going to own even the loss of my son, how I got myself in this financial ruin, even though I could have blamed it on X, Y, Z, I'm going to own it because if once I own it, then I actually have the power to create a new story. I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today I have an extremely special guest. I have Danette May, who is the author of the book, The Rise. She's also the founder of Mindful Health and a world-renowned online health coach. Her videos and content on Facebook has got over 500 million views. She's been featured on many national TV outlets, including Access Hollywood, Hallmark, Home and Family, CBS, and many, many others. And I'm just extremely excited to chat with her, not only about like the whole health and fitness community, but her story. She's got an amazing story of overcoming so much adversity and turning it into something amazing. So Danette, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we're in this quarantine right now. We're in this pandemic and we were just talking before we got on the show that like we both are so used to having our backs against the wall. We're used to, you know, dealing with trials. And I know for you, you've had all kinds of trials between stuff in your childhood. You, you lost a kid, um, during childbirth, you went through a divorce and then having to pivot and start this whole big online fitness community. So like, what would you say has gotten you through that? Like, what are the top lessons you've learned that have kind of gotten you to the place now where you're like one of the most highly sought after online health experts there is? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, Like you said, you know, my back has been against the wall and there's been a lot of what I would call refiner's fires in my life. And I do want to invite everyone to look at their own lives because if you haven't gone through a refiner's fire, you will. You either are right now or you will go through it. And those are actually our gifts. And I feel like what's really transpired for me uh, is the work I've done on my mind Mm. Um, because the hustle can only take you so far. But I always have this statement called that I really soul wrote down one morning was your frequency is more powerful than your strategy. And this has been a big, big cornerstone for me is to really harness my frequency, to really look at my mind, my thoughts, my energy, because that is like, to me, the root of all of the success that people see outwardly. Um, Because there's obviously grit, tenacity, funnels, business conversations all in there. But ultimately, I had to really look at my pain as my power, which was changing my mindset, really look at the opportunity that was there, even though I was sleeping on the floor, tinfoil holding up an antenna. Where are my opportunities? Where can I get a little bit more scrappy or creative right now? And I think that's been a really big lesson is that we're all gritty and we can all dig a little bit deeper. Um, And then probably the last one is just this power of harnessing your cells. So obviously I'm in fitness and wellness, but I I find even with clients that when you can harness the power of superfoods mixed with your mindset and movement, it almost is like a, I feel like it's 
into like jet fuel, like when you push, push that nitro button and you see it in movies with the cars that go super fast, it's almost like that jet fuel to get you to whatever that dream is or vision in your mind. Yeah, you're right. And I think like when we are faced with all kinds of adversity and all kinds of like trials where we literally are, are like just in the depths of despair, we can't see what's in front of us. We have no other option than to go up and to go forward, right? We have no other choice but right. to just keep on trying, right? And I think so many times people, they hit this, this, this bump in the road and they're like, you know what? That's it. I'm a failure. I'm never going to amount to nothing. I failed and I might as well just turn around and go backwards, even though like that guarantees it a loss, right? That guarantees yeah. you're not going to succeed. And I think one of the things that holds people back is the whole victim mindset, which I know is something that you struggled with, right? You obviously shortly after you lost your kid, your marriage fell apart, you, your habits went to hell in a handbasket. Like, how did you really make that shift from going from that victim to the victor? Cause I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience. I played the victim most of my life until I got into jail and my cellmate gave me some tough love. And he just pretty much said like, it's the PG version. He's like, you can either be a wuss or you can be a man. He's like, you can be a wuss and start blaming everybody else. Keep doing that. And you'll never have any success in life. Or you can be a man and own your mistakes, own your problems and know that like it's your responsibility to change things, even though it's not your fault. So talk about like what that looked like for you. Yeah. That's so cool that you had somebody that really got to you because I think we all kind of know intuitively that we are 100% responsible for our lives, but it wasn't, it was for me, I think we're all going to have these moments where we feel like a victim. And I want to just let you know that it's okay to have moments where you're just mm. like, dang, like, why did that happen to me? I feel like I did all the right things. Why is that person that way? Or the situation evolved in that way. And it, I remember um, when I was in my lowest moment, I had literally $47 to my name. I was a single mom taking care of these little girls and just, at my lowest, I was just feeling really low. And I didn't have obviously money to get a coach, but I had my phone. And I remember popping up on YouTube and I like literally wrote in motivation in the search bar. And of course, all these like inspiring leaders that a lot of us already know about popped up. And I, I remember I drew a bubble bath and I got in and I was like, I'm gonna pretend they're totally just talking to me. And one of the things that was said was, you are 100% responsible for the situation you are in right now. And the good news is, is that if you're responsible for creating it, then you can uncreate it and you can create whatever else you want. And that for me was like a switch where I was like, I'm going to own even the loss of my son, how I got myself in this financial ruin, even though I could have blamed it on X, Y, Z, I'm going to own it because if once I own it, then I actually have the power to create a new story. And that has been the whole difference. I think 100% responsibility for everything, even the things that were like, no, 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 that was somebody else. Cause there's been hard things that people have been faced with even worse than I've ever gone through. But if you can just say, you know what, that's happened. I own it. Maybe I didn't deserve it, but I own it. I'm going to rewrite my story. Gosh, I couldn't agree more because here's the thing. Like there's so many unfortunate things that happened to all of us. I remember, you know, somebody was asking me like, what do I think the biggest problem is with like, you know, people's own health and fitness transformations. And I think it goes back to responsibility and ownership and to stop blaming the people in their past, stop blaming their situation to stop blaming their job because we all have a choice. Every single day we have choices. Are we going to brush our teeth? Are we going to go for a walk outside? Who are we going to spend time with? What are we going to read? What are we going to watch? We have a choice in that. And we are unfortunately in some shape or fashion, 
a sum of every single choice we've made in response to the circumstances that we were in. And I know one of the biggest transformations that you talk about in your book was this whole notion of forgiveness, which Mm -hmm. I think people just can't get a grip on sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I think they struggle with isn't necessarily forgiving other people. I think that's like easy compared to forgiving yourself. Because like walk me through what it looked like for you to really, really authentically and truly forgive yourself to the point where you could let go a lot of what you were holding on to about yourself and then about other people to kind of propel you forward into creating something amazing. Yeah, you're pretty incredible, Doug, because that whole book, The Rise, I I would say that that one chapter on forgiveness was the most important chapter for Mm. any of the readers to grab a hold of, because I think there was a lot of emotion in that book with my past and maybe directed towards my ex, but it was like that chapter I was letting you, everyone know, and myself, I have forgiven everyone and myself. And here's what I also know. My next book is also has a part of forgiveness in there, because I think forgiveness is like the most important step in your ultimate transformation. And when we're in transformation, this is my perspective, there's this stage or this gap or this phase, which is not very pretty. It's where you've taken radical responsibility and you've been like, I created this and it actually, it's like the truth serum and it does not feel good. It feels ugly. You feel like upset with yourself because you created this. And there's that, there's this moment where it just doesn't feel good because you're owning it. And, and this part is really, really powerful because you want to feel that because then it gives you the opportunity to go to the next stage, which is forgiveness, which is giving yourself that grace and that release. So when I say forgiveness, it's not like sweeping the wrong under the rug or writing it right saying oh it's okay that that happened it's basically going i'm shackled there's one more shackle to me to keep me from this hot air balloon that i'm in to go to the top and i'm still like tethered down just a little bit with non-forgiveness for someone else or something that happened or myself and it really was that last tether for me on myself being like you know what you created this like you can still forgive yourself for this you're still worthy even though you created this and for me, how that looked for me, and everyone might have a different journey. I, <laughs> I, I still do this actually um, pretty much every day, but I did it two different ways. One, I do inner child meditation work and I do eye gazing inside a mirror. So the mirror one I do every single day, I will literally look in the mirror. And I know as women and men, we're always looking in the mirror. We're getting ready for the day. I make sure to stop and I really look into my eyes and I say, mm-hmm. I love you and I forgive you and I believe in you, and I say whatever I need to say, really looking into my eyes. And and that is truly a deep, deep practice to help you unlayer and unleash that last link for ultimate forgiveness for yourself. And then obviously there's some inner child work that you can do as well in visualization and meditation. Talk about the inner child real quick, because I mean, just very quickly, because it's like a big buzzword now, like we see a lot of it on you know, especially if you're following any kind of self-help spiritual people on um, Instagram, it's all over inner child, inner child. And I think it's a, it, there's a lot to be said for, you know, finding the right person, whether it's a therapist, whether it is meditation to unpack a lot of your patterns and subconscious that you learned as a kid um, based on how you were treated that kind of goes back to how we respond as adults. So like talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, it's actually my deep work that I'm doing now. Um, it's interesting as you almost keep moving up in what you would say releasing certain levels that were limiting beliefs or paradigms, you get to either higher ones and new stuff comes up. And so I do this work. I actually have never gotten a therapist. I totally think they're amazing if I can find a good one. So I'm my own healer. I do a lot of this deep work and it is amazing what happens. So let me just give you an example. So for me, um, so how I, how I work this is say like you, and this is where you get your invitation. Say like you're, um, you're bumping into a conversation with somebody you care about and it triggers you. They, it, it triggered you to feel unworthy possibly, or they're not listening to you or not hearing you. This is just one example. And I know most of us can relate to this because usually other people in our lives are our trigger and our invitation to heal that inner child. So let's say I had a conversation with somebody I really care about and I'm like, oh, you didn't really hear me. I was trying to express, express myself. You made me feel like um, I'm not expressing it clearly and you're not really taking time and I'm not worthy of your time or your attention. So if I'm triggered, what I do is not try to beat down this person and be like, oh, why are you not listening to me? I'm going to go look at my inner child, that inner girl that's like, why am I not worthy enough to be heard? So I would, in meditation, I would ask to be able to remember the first memory I have of feeling like that. And usually this can happen anywhere around four, five, six, seven, and sometimes even in the teens. So then I remember, oh, I was in the grocery store, I was little, and I was so excited to please my mom. I knew her grocery list, I was like five or six, still a little clumsy, and I went and grabbed the eggs, and I was gonna carry them for her and put them in the basket. And as I was carrying them, the lid tipped up, and the eggs dumped out, and my mom's response at that, and I even noticed people around me gasping and looking at wide eye, my mom was like, oh my gosh, you're such a klutz, let me grab the eggs. And I go to try to explain that I was just trying to help and I didn't mean to. And she just shuts me down because she's mortified by a dozen of eggs on the, on the floor. So obviously moms and parents and people have done things like that and they don't mean to, they're in the moment, but you've taken it on that I'm not worthy to express myself. I make mistakes. And so what I would do is I would go back to that scene. And this is what I believe is the inner child work. And you can do this on anything. I go back to that scene with my eyes closed. I see the little girl walking with the eggs. I see the eggs fall. I feel all the feelings because I remember them. They're still in my cells of people looking at me, feeling completely embarrassed. My mom's response to me, me feeling about this big. And instead of watching the story of my mom ready to say it, right? Right before she's gonna say what's gonna make me go really small, I basically rewire the story. I basically have my mom go, oh my goodness, you're so helpful. I can see that you're trying to help me. Don't worry, someone can clean it up, it's just eggs. And then I, I redo this pattern of visualizing this and it rechanges the neural pathways in your body. What we know scientifically is that we have, they've hooked people up to actually either in the future or rewiring past trauma. You can actually spend five days for multiple hours in those days rehearsing. Let's say you want to kick a soccer ball through the net. You're rehearsing that over and over in your mind, in your mind. You actually will be able to do it as well as the person who's actually practicing it physically. The same goes for past trauma. You can rehearse a new scene and create new, new neural pathways so that you're not as triggered with outside circumstances that bring up that old trauma. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. I was actually 
Um, I've learned a lot about this through the years of digging back into my own childhood. Like, you know, it's funny because um, I didn't really start doing, I didn't, I didn't really do what, what exactly what you described, but I definitely did a lot of inner child work and stuff in my childhood to, to realize where certain situations came. And I didn't really, didn't really come up for me until like, I was like 25, I think. And I had clients of mine that were always like, why aren't you married? Like, this is a good looking guy. Like I got told I looked like Mark Wahlberg, like all these things. And inside, I still saw the fat kid that was in high school. I still saw the fat kid that was bullied. I still saw this kid. And I was like, why don't I have confidence in myself? Like 100% confidence. And someone was like, what happened to you as a kid? And I was like, why does that even matter? And they were like, are you serious? And I started doing research on like when you develop like behavior patterns and the views of yourself and, you know, our view of ourselves becomes so hijacked sometimes based on the, what other people say to us through the years. And we start to believe our, the, those own, our own lies and all that stuff. And I started realizing that it came from my childhood. And until I like reworked a lot of like what that did, I, it, it didn't change anything for me because I was still living in the subconscious of me as a kid. And then even recently I was actually doing some, um, some work with somebody who specializes in EMDR. I'm not so sure if you're familiar with that. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it, and it's, and it's pretty much exactly what you just very similar. And she pretty much, it was a heart. It was like, we were on the, we were on a call for a while and she was like, you know, think about all your past traumas, like everything you've gone through. And I like was thinking about like, you know, stuff from like, I was, I've been abused like in every, every, uh, since way I've been rejected by a lot of girls, like all these situations came to me from like, I guess it was like from the age of like five or six up until like 21. And I just remember flooding with tears crying because it was just so deep. And then, and then like the next thing was like what you just said, go back into that situation and see yourself handling it the way you would want your highest self to now mm-hmm. going back. And every time I got rejected being like, you know what? Thank you because you weren't meant to be in my life or thank you. Like I'm so proud of myself for not getting upset. And there's a lot to be said for that because I think that plays into this role, this whole bigger notion of healing and forgiveness. And I think when we're able to authentically forgive ourselves for our past, doing the stuff like you're talking about, it sets us up for so much success because we gain this unmatched confidence and connection to ourself that we're then able to help others. And I think what we, what my view on forgiveness is we, like you just talked about, we have this, these shackles and we have these burdens and it doesn't mean we forget. doesn't mean we have to trust that person, whatever it is, it just means we're letting it go and giving it to the universe, God, whatever you call it. And just saying, do with it with what you're intended to. I'm not letting this eat me alive and infect the rest of my life anymore. Right. And I think it's amazing what you've created. I, th- I love stories of people who have literally taken their pain and created purpose, which is why like you've been reading about your story with um, your food company, which you've created. We were talking about before the show, like you literally took a lot of the stuff that you went on your own healing journey in Costa Rica and you're now helping other people use that, those same nutrients, those same foods to kind of help them on their journey. So talk a bit about how that got started and like what, what's in like this, this cacao blend. Like I, I've been like doing it every single day. I freaking love it. I love the, I got to tell you really quick. So before I, um, the last thing I'll say, this is kind of funny because I'm goofy is I got the frother and I've never used a frother before. So I never, of course I'm like a guy. I never look, I don't read instructions. So I put, I mix the, I put the, the hot chocolate or I make the chocolate and mix it up. 
and I don't read that I'm supposed to like put it in the liquid first. Oh, no. <laughs> so I like put it at the top and it splashes like all over me. <laughs> I think over this my... has happened a lot for a lot of people because <laughs> those batteries, when they go in there, it's like they're fresh batteries. So it's like turbocharged too. <laughs> I was like, whoa, but it was, oh my okay, gosh. Okay, I'm so wearing good. the cacao list today. <laughs> but the ingredients are so high quality. It's amazing. And I just want you to talk a bit about like how you came about like that whole concoction and kind of what it's meant to do yeah well thank you i'm so glad. i i think you're gonna free a lot of people up because i've actually seen that people are like oh my gosh this went everywhere um but here's the deal i have been fascinated i don't know where it comes from but always fascinated with indigenous tribes mm. i've always wanted even as a little girl to like learn from the people that never had tv or cell phones like what were, what are they doing what do they believe in what are their rituals and as I got older, and obviously I had a lot to heal from my past, I set out an intention that I would get invited where no blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl would get invited because I really felt called to learn, but I didn't know who anybody. And what I know about intention, as we all know, is it's so powerful because then I started finding myself in circumstances where I was in the, like a jungle with four indigenous tribe members and myself all night learning from them. And one of the experiences and this was one of my first one was around cacao. Mm. And, we, and they do this in the Mayan, Azteca, Peruvian cultures, and they still do this today. But it was, but at the time I was sitting in the circle, they send me this like little mug and it like had this hot, like chocolatey drink in it. And I, I remember they said, set an intention, whatever you intend will manifest in around seven days. And I was like, wow, okay. And I set an intention. I drank it. I left the jungle and literally the thing I intended manifested. And I was like, what was that? You know? So that led me down this understanding and scientific uh, idea around cacao. And what I learned about these cultures is they were adding a little bit of turmeric sometimes, some mesquite, lacuma, depending on the region. So I started experimenting with these superfoods in a cacao blend. And I was noticing like my energy going through the roof, um, these feelings of really feeling love and high vibe. Then I started sharing with my community. They were like, oh my gosh, I've had depression. I'm relieving myself of depression. What the heck is in this stuff? <laughs> and it, it really is just, I, I feel like I'm kind of an alchemist. Like I don't know where, why certain thoughts come to me when I'm in the kitchen mixing superfoods, but I'll be like, I just somehow know the right combination <laughs> to add. And then I'll send it off to an actual like scientist and they're like, this is like unbelievable blend. Um, but that's where cacao bliss came from. And I really, every time I would hike out in nature, I would get the hit, you need to bring this to the world. And I was like, I don't even know how to do a superfood company. I don't even know how to, mm. where to start with a manufacturer. But the thing about me is if I get told what I believe is through spirit, I will figure it out and I will make it happen because I feel like I'm being pulled by a higher power. So obviously I feel like things lined up. Obviously there was a lot of work that went into it and a lot of overhead and sacrifice and risk, but I knew, and I still know that it's, um, the right direction and so ultimately we've created other superfoods under that line that are from different areas of the world from different healers in those areas and it's one of my greatest missions yes that's awesome and what i have read just about your story i know that you know your own healing journey has inspired you to create so many amazing things and it's just led you into different aspects of where you're at obviously like health has been like 
the foundation, right? I mean, if you've been in the, in the health and fitness community and being a celebrity fitness trainer and all that stuff, but then now it's propelling you into something even deeper, right? Which I think mm -hmm. is all part of a healing journey is continuing to evolve as a person and using the lessons and everything you're learning along the way to teach other people. So like, you know, I, I hear what I hear from you is that spirituality has been an incredible part of your journey. Is this something that you picked up on while in Costa Rica or have you always had like this um, like yearning for spirituality? Because I think, I mean, I know for me, I haven't always been, um, I mean, I'm a born again Christian. I embrace other forms of spirituality, but I never believed in anything growing up just because I was like, life sucks. I'm being called names. If God is real, why am I not being loved? All these things. And then when I realized the power of healing and transformation and a second chance, I was, I realized like I couldn't do this myself. There was a higher calling helping me. So talk a bit about your like walk and what that looked like and kind of like how it's really helped you today. Yeah. So for me, the word spirituality or religion, I'd like to use the word intuition and love mm -hmm. because I believe we're all born with incredible intuition. If we look at a baby, they're so in tune. They know as a little, if they can actually move on their own, they know who not to go to. It's like an, an animal. They know exactly who to go to, when to cry, what to get. And along the way we lose this power of intuition, especially if we are listening to the media, we're listening to family, we're listening to religion. And I'm like everyone else, I was losing my power, I had power of intuition and I was losing it as I was trying to fit in and I was trying to people please and I was trying to do all the things that I felt was right, right? And so it was really me losing my son because there was intuition hits along that journey of when I right. lost my son. I, I remember I was sitting in the rocking chair and I, I talk about this in the book, but I'll just briefly share it because that was a moment for me where I was like, I am not listening to my intuition um, because I was sitting there and I was trying to get him to move and I had a moment of quiet and I remember he wasn't moving and, it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And so I kept moving my belly trying to wake him up and like my intuition was like, you need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong. But when you're so good at turning off intuition, especially if it doesn't feel good, which we're really good at, we do this in our relationships all the time. Especially when we're dating, when we're dating someone, we're like, well, I really like them and it's really convenient and I like the lovemaking, but your, your intuition's like, no, they're not right for you. And we just turn it off because it's not convenient and it doesn't always feel juicy. So I, I was good at that. I gotten really good at that. And so what I did is I got up and I did the dishes. I got busy so that I could turn it off. And that's a mm. lot what people do. And obviously this, my story is that I went to the hospital later that day because I was started bleeding and I lost my son and I don't blame myself now for it, but I went through a tough time of really reconciling. I knew my intuition had told me and where else was I turning off my intuition? And so to me, that was my spiritual path was going, I'm going to listen to these internal wisdom that I have. I'm going to turn off media. I'm not going to listen to media. I'm not going to listen to social media. I literally moved to the top of a mountain so that I can be away from all the social because that also can pull you into their thought processes, even if you don't mean to do that. So that's been my big journey ultimately is how much time can I spend with myself? How much time can I love myself without anybody else acknowledging me or giving me anything? And I think that's made all the difference in what I believe would be my spiritual journey is, is going on that time of silence and um, really listening to the inner wisdom. 
Gosh, that's freaking amazing. And it's what's really amazing is that it's been like your story of owning, losing your son, I guess by not following your intuition, right? By turning you into intuition off. And mm-hmm. that inspired you to now trust your intuition with everything you're doing and, and leading yourself along the way. Um, God, I mean, I could almost cry like hearing that because to be able to own that publicly is so hard from, for the average person, for anybody. And just to hear those words come out of your mouth, I can just tell there's something unique about you in your journey that is so authentic, that is so convicting that you are able to really use your pain and help other people with their pain as well. And we hear the word intuition a lot and it's like, you know, trusting your gut and trusting energy and trusting where things are going. If something feels off, it's probably off. And I think it goes back to that be having that authentic connection and confidence within yourself to trust yourself enough to make the right decisions, to trust yourself and know that if you're in a relationship, that's not meant to be, it's not meant to be to trust yourself enough that if you want to create this product that you know is going to change the world to go after it, to trust yourself enough to know that if you're, if there's something off with your health to trust that. And I think where people get it twisted is they get caught up in, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to call it propaganda. I don't want to call it that. I want to, like, whatever words are out there, they think if they don't believe or that word doesn't resonate with them, then that means they, they can't practice any form of whatever that is, right? And I think it looks different for everybody. You know, to me, you know, it, it could look like spirituality, it could healing, um, Christianity, whatever it is. But to other people, it could be like intuition, love, um, you know, other forms of spirituality. And I just think it's whatever resonates with you and it, it works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're, you've, you're saying right now is that it's because of you coming to terms with your past, taking responsibility for yourself, practicing forgiveness, losing that victim mentality, that you have built this massive brand and you're in an amazing marriage now and that you are a mom and that like you have these amazing things going because here's the thing. what I love about people's stories is they see somebody who might be at the top of the mountain, you know, and you're say, you know, Danette May is the top of the mountain right now. You got, you know, hundreds of millions of face Facebook views. You got like, you know, million followers on Facebook. You got a couple hundred thousand or whatever it is on Instagram. You got a a book with a couple hundred reviews on Amazon. You got another book coming out. You got a um, superfood company. And they're like, well, Danette, it's it's easy. You're in the health and fitness industry and you're a blonde haired girl with blue eyes. And you're fit. Like, that's easy. What they don't see is the climb and how, how much you could have easily given up, easily, mm-hmm. on every single setback you had. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And I'm going to go on a rant because I love talking about this because this is just something I'm really passionate about. It's easy to, when you lost your son, to have given up. It would be easy when your marriage fell apart to give up easy when your health started taking a turn for the worse and mentally you were like just completely done and financially your everything was so out of whack for you and then it would have been really easy for you to give up once you had to really come to terms with you not being able to trust your intuition which you know could have maybe saved your son or whatever the case was and you didn't and now look where you are because 
you had the courage and the audacity to do the work. And that's what I think people are missing today. They are missing looking themselves in the mirror and saying, and it all brings back to forgiveness. And this is like in my coaching programs, not to like, not to go down this tangent, but like one of the main things I have people do is write a forgiveness letter to themselves. And it's having the courage to look themselves in the mirror and say, you know what? I might not be happy with the choices I made. I not, might not be okay with some of the things I've done, but I freaking love you and I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. Right. And, and I, yes. and I think because of all that, you've created some amazing things. So I want to talk about what Sink of Cow Bliss, because oh, yeah. <laughs> after this deep conversation, I was like, all right, we need to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm kidding, but no, because this is like the end product. This is the end result. It's like, okay, I've packaged like my journey into a bag for people to, to try, to try and invest in and, take into themselves that's soothing so what yeah. am i am i am i on am i right yeah totally and i just want to say to people because obviously i'm passionate about cacao bliss and i'm going to share why and what's in it and why it benefits and why it's actually helped me and it's helping people but i just want to say because i feel that a lot of people when you were talking um need to really understand that everyone's journey and everyone's story like has like under the hood moments Mm. and most of us don't see it and actually the most powerful people I know have some of the most hardest stories and that's because that's your opportunity to unlayer your character and so I think celebrate if you're in the chaos I think of Napoleon Hill's quote where he says out of chaos comes equal or greater good hold on to that because that is the truest of all true statements in my mind And I do want to say really quick, because I sense that someone's feeling this, that's listening is like, I get it, intuition, I get it, spirituality, but how do I really know what my intuition is saying versus what my head's saying, what my heart's saying? Mm -hmm. And something I just want to share that I believe as all entrepreneurs, any successful entrepreneur, I, I really think they have this like rooted practice that a lot of us don't actually really know about it. Some of them are banging against the wall and just super gritty and super tenacious and don't have one. But the ones that look like they're in a little bit more flow, they actually have this like deep underlayer spiritual practice that a lot of a lot of times they're not talking about because they don't want to like impose or make you feel like you have to take on this religious views or whatever. But one of these practices that I just want to invite you guys to take on is this idea of soul writing. Mm. Because it's been the biggest thing for me in my business. And the fact that I will get ideas that have 10x our business back in the time when we were 10xing. Um, it's still, it's what brought Cacao Bliss here. So, so what soul writing is, is basically you setting an intention that you're going to meet up with your soul every single morning in a space where you are not bombarded with other people's energy. So I get up, I used to get up at 4.30 to do this. Thankfully, my kids wait, sleep longer. So now it's 5.30. <clears throat> and I literally light a candle or turn on the fireplace because there's transformation in the fire element. I turn that on and then I take out my journal and I write, what would you have me know? And it's with the intention that I have all of, and we know this scientifically that we're connected to every living system. We're connected to all the people that have gone on before us and all the people that are coming. 
So we're connected. So we have all this wisdom in our DNA. So I'm asking with the intention that I actually have the wisdom inside of me. I just need to ask and receive and write it down. And I literally write whatever comes up. I don't question it. I don't wonder if that's goofy. And there, and that practice of doing that every single morning, I remember back in the early days when I was doing it, this was when Facebook was, Facebook lives weren't that hot of an item. This is when they kind of first started. And I literally still wrote, run an ad to your Facebook live. And I was like, no one's really running ads to Facebook lives. And I told my team, but this is where my intuition has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what I want to invite people is when you soul write and when you start to step into these weird nudges or things you write down, you just start getting better and better at listening to your intuition. You don't second guess it. You don't have all that drama being like, well, what if I'm not a success? What if that doesn't work out? Because you just know. So when I, that was one of my things and we, that's when our business 10X was just doing lives on Facebook back in the early days. Um, I think it's kind of back now, <laughs> but yeah, it, was, yeah. it took a little hiatus for a while, but it's a little bit back, but yeah, that's just one of many and cacao bliss came from that as well was bring cacao to the world because you guys have to understand cacao bliss. Is not just like a product? One thing about cacao bliss is it has raw cacao, which raw ceremonial grade cacao, which is different than cocoa for sure. Cocoa is stripped of 300 phytonutrients, so it's not even really healthy for you at all. So if you're drinking cocoa powder and or some type of superfood says cocoa powder, you're really not getting the phytonutrients. You're not getting these other chemicals, which I'm going to tell you about. Um, but ceremonial grade cacao, like there's not very many people in the world who are creating this. And that's basically the old indigenous way where they lay it out, the bean pod, crush it up and lay it in the sun and let the sun kiss it really versus taking it into a manufacturing plant. And you can actually taste and feel the difference, but cacao contains one chemical that only two foods in the world have. And this is why people love it so much. It's called anandamide. Now anandamide is only released in our bodies when we're experiencing extreme euphoria, joy, when we're making love with someone we love, anandamide is released. So when you consume cacao, you actually feel this sense of love for whoever you're around when you're consuming it and for yourself. That's like so powerful right then and there. And then, yeah, go ahead. Did you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you know, going back to what you said before on the whole um, how to know how to trust your intuition, trust your gut, spirituality, like what you said in this whole soul writing thing, I think is something that people can take and kind of apply right now because that's like everyone's always asking, like, how do I know? How do I get these ideas? How do I know? Well, like, write about it, write about what's on your soul, get it out there because it has to come out somehow, some shape or fashion. And then, like, you know, you talked about how it led to every one of your opportunities now, right? And um, what's funny is you talk about cacao and I know like, um, cacao, like raw, like dark chocolate, like and cacao is like one way to naturally boost your dopamine levels, right? Like to feel good. And totally. so, right. And what I love is that you've kind of taken this blend of foods and it's not just like, okay, I'm creating the Danette May superfood blend. Here you go. It's no, like I went on this deep healing journey you know, I had like a, somebody like help guide me along the way. I mean, you, I know you had a healer when you were in Costa Rica and then um, mm -hmm. you kind of gone on your own journey that these are the actual nutrients that have really helped me. And now they're going to help you. And I'm not just getting like 
Hershey's chocolate. Like I love, I love <laughs> I like, Belgium chocolate. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. Like I love my like Reese's cups and Hershey bars. You know, from time <laughs> to time. Now. But you're getting like to the root of it. Like the yeah. indigenous tribes. Like for those of you who don't know what indigenous means, it's like the like original like native species. I mean, am I am I am I right? Am I butchering totally. that at all? Like they are on. They are like these resource. Like think of fresh water. It's like coming from the source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now you're helping people like feel better about themselves through this product. And like, I was blown away by the package you sent me out. Cause I mean, I get stuff a lot. Like people send me stuff and I remember, you know, your team reached out like, Hey, can we send you a gift? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'm like, what is this like shoe box? Right. I thought it was, a, <laughs> I thought it was a pair of shoes. I was like, I didn't order any shoes. And I'm like, and I open it up and here's like, obviously the, the bag of cowboys, the frother, the, that nice ceramic mug. Um, and then the cookbook and everything with a nice, and a nice note. I was just, I was blown away. And, um, I think that's what separates like a lot of people is the attention to detail and things they're doing, because it'd be easy just to send somebody like a bag of stuff and be like, Hey, try my product, post about it. Thank you. Which is what I, I mean, I get that. Right. But it's yeah. another thing to have like the whole like kit with it. So what else is in there besides raw cacao? There's, I know there's a lot of other things. There's, there's- yeah, so I infused it with other superfoods because the reason I did is because, because cacao is like a carrier. It goes straight into the cells because it contains theobromine. So I thought if I can create other superfoods in there, then they are going to go directly into the cells, which is going to increase the benefit. So, of course, we added MCT oil, which we all know that's like the king of all oils for brain function and and obviously having a little bit of fat in there is going to help the absorption of all of the superfoods so we added mct we did lacuma mesquite which they're superfoods down in the southern region super high in antioxidants and um, some protein and health benefits but then we did turmeric in there which is so good as i don't know how many member know about turmeric but it's like the gold spice it helps with inflammation it's cancer fighting um we did cinnamon of course cinnamon is like with chocolate yeah (laughs) you don't really taste it though i think it's quite uh the lacuma brings out a sweetness which doesn't have any sugar components to it we added just a touch of monk fruit but it has less than one gram of sugar because we wanted diabetics to be able to consume it as well so those are the main superfoods that we added to it so that it goes right into the cells and does what it needs to do synergistically inside your body that's so cool. And yeah, like, I just think the way you've kind of concocted this like superfood healing um, blend into one little bag is is awesome. And it tastes so good too, by the way, for those listening. I mean, it's it, because a lot of people like, and I, I trust me, I've tried like green blends, you know, you get and you're like, Ugh, it tastes like grass, you know, like, yeah. this actually tastes really good. And it's something you could drink like literally, like I think I, you know, every single day and not really like having to worry about like, okay, like, am I going to be able to like maintain this like every single day, like for my health and or not, and not just like do it like just, you know, once a, you know, once a week or twice a week. So I know you have another blend coming out, right? So you got this, or maybe it is out already. Um, it's the golden superfood bliss. So like, what's the difference between that and the cacao bliss. I mean, I think from what I understand, the golden superfood is more heavier in turmeric, right? Oh my gosh. You're so sweet to ask these questions. So for those of you who geek out on superfoods like I do, you're going to love this. But for me, uh, this golden superfood blend came from the inspiration of India. 
So there's a lot of Ayurvedic nutrition um, that I've been studying for many years and passing on to clients that I wanted to bring to the masses in a simple way because I used to take up, cut up turmeric root, cut up ginger root, cut it up, make my fingers all orange from the turmeric and boil it for 20 minutes. Then I would, and I would make this golden latte because it's so good for your immunity. It's good for inflammation. It's good for your skin. And I'm all about that stuff. So I was making this on the stove and I knew this came from India primarily as a healing tonic. Um, the thing about the Indian healing tonic that I couldn't make on the stove, which I was able to create with the right company, was adding in these other superfoods. So obviously turmeric and ginger and cinnamon and cardamom are the main spices in it. But then we added in ashwagandha, which helps really calm the nervous system, helps you get into deeper sleep, relaxation, balances your hormones. And then we added amla fruit, which also stems from India, which is a high dosage of vitamin C, helps with the skin and antioxidants. And and um, we added a synergistic for mushroom blend because we're knowing that a lot of mushrooms have their different healing properties. I didn't want it to taste like that. So it doesn't even taste like that. It just tastes like the most delicious, I don't know, golden milk latte. If you've ever had one from a really high end uh, coffee shop, that's what it tastes like. That's amazing. And um, I just, I love your creativity and I love how you've been able to use your journey to just keep on growing um as a person um to then now help other people and i know you've done that obviously with I and mean, we didn't even really get into like your, your whole health coaching thing but i think that's like in itself is just like the foundation i think what's most um important for people to realize about um about you and about your story is that you have really just made a complete 180 in where you were to where you are now and you should be extremely proud of yourself and everything you've created from the, your healing journey. And I think um, at the end of the day, um, people, um, they need to be able to understand and empathize with the fact that just because they're not where they want to be right now doesn't mean they won't ever get there. It totally. takes a lot of work, takes time, takes, takes patience, takes fortitude. And I think you've put all that together um, in, in your message and in your story that's now, because of that, is not only helping yourself, but helping other people. So I just want you to know like, that you should be so proud of yourself. And it's been an absolute honor to, to just hear your story and your journey and how you've taken all these negatives and turned them into positives. And so you got, you got the rise book, obviously you got another book you said coming out soon, right? Yes. Um, so like what's next on the horizon for Danette May? <laughs> well, the next thing for me that I'm for Danette May personally, we have two companies, right? Earth Echo right. Foods and we have Danette May. But for me personally, I'm just on this mission of creating books because books have been the biggest transformation for me personally. So if I can write out the wisdom that I possibly can for someone else in a book, then I'm happy to do it. And then, you know, a lot of speaking, speaking um, at different events. And, you know, I'm really all about the human potential and really helping people see what really courses in our veins, including myself. I want to inspire the hell out of me, but I really want to remind us all how much wisdom is actually there. And so that's what I'm excited about. Obviously the superfood company as well, but if I can reach people one-on-one -on, -one on, you know, through a book or through an event, then it, it really jazzes me. Amazing. And so people can now find out more about you, obviously at DanetteMay.com, right? Mm -hmm. And on Instagram at the Danette May. 
Yeah. And obviously your books are on Amazon and then earthechofoods.com, right? Yeah. Wow. Good job. See? And, um, and <laughs> I'll make sure to plug all this stuff in the show notes for people to be able to find, you know, out more about you and, and buy the products. I think that it's something that people should be trying. They should be taking in. Um, so once again, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know we've been trying to connect here for a little while and, um, people are going to really get a lot of this out of this episode. Oh, thank you. And I'm really proud of you for putting this on because people really need to understand that there's more hardships that are actually for your fuel than anything else. And so thank you for highlighting it and giving us all hope around the world of what's truly meant to come. Yeah, you got it. And I'm extremely, um, proud of you too and everything you've accomplished, like I said, in the, this episode. So, you know, listeners, people go find Danette, um, reach out to her, you know, find out more about her journey. It's incredible what she's been able to accomplish in a short amount of time, but she's also been somebody who's actually done the work. So, um, once again, if, if this, uh, if this episode resonated with you, please leave us a review. We would love to hear feedback. I mean, I'm always trying to bring on the best of the best guests on all things, hardship and adversity. And Danette is nothing short of that. So once again, you're listening to this week's episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes. We will see you next time.